Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you, the voice of Ryan Treasure, Bonnie D. Bonnie D. in the house. Who did we just lose? We lost one of our panelists. Somebody's video just just slipped away. Oh, it's Pearl. Pearl, come back to us. Uh, she dropped off. Anyway, Bonnie D. in the house. Very, very special show. We have a guest who just just dropped off and she'll be back. We are talking about a topic that's near and dear to me today. Now, I will tell all of you, remind you that I've been covering artificial intelligence formerly, formerly, every always known as AI. If you don't know the alphabet soup, that's what we call it. I've been covering that for about the past eight months, almost all of this year, covering things like the future of manufacturing in AI, the future of teaching in AI, the future of horror novelist genre and AI, the future, Holly's saying, what? The future of empathy and AI, the future of online instruction and AI, the future of music and AI, the future. I've done everything except comedy and AI. I think that's the only one left. And so the topic near and dear to me is I'm considered an early woman in tech. I started in the, I won't tell you when, because you don't need to know that, but I was a programmer analyst when the two functions were combined. And I learned to code in a program language that's still around called COBOL, C-O-B-O-L, all in caps. And I was programming for a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 mainframe computer that was before Honeywell bought Xerox and they started calling them Honeyox. And then an IBM 4341 with a language you've never heard of called PL1 with a slash in it. So it's near and dear to me. So today, we're talking about the future of, and I can use this word advisedly, girls who learn to code and learn AI. I thought this was a very, very special topic and important because when I was taking my instruction, when I was taking my classes, we had a lot of girls. We were young, grown women. We had dropped out of architecture school, medical school, law school, all kinds of school. We were there because computers were exciting and they were new and it was a profession we thought we could get a foothold in and most of us did. The college hired me right out of school to run a statewide community college information system. How about that? But there was no, you're a girl, you can't code. You're a girl, you don't need math. Everybody, it was just equal for everybody in those days. So I'm saddened that, that women in STEM are being encouraged because they might not have the jobs and the opportunities that males do. We're just going to leave that one alone. No politics. So I'm hoping we get Pearl back. If uh, Holly or Sharon, you want to find out if she's okay. She just dropped off. But let me read my opening poem. I ask ChatGPT to help me write the opening, and I think you'll all enjoy this. So listen up. When you hear your name, ladies, on the panel, would you please just wave hello? So listeners and viewers gather round today as we explore the future in a bright new way. In the world where girls learn code and AI, they're bridging gender gaps, reaching for the sky. Everybody reach up, ladies, reach up. Reaching for the sky. Oh, you're so good. VR, AR, chatbots, a new world to explore. In bite-sized bits, important knowledge will pour. With coding skills and AI's guiding hand, our ladies can revolutionizing the landscape across every land. 
Yay. Meet four wise minds, each so keen. Wave when I call you. Dr. Sharon Jones is back. Hi, Sharon. Holly Harris, how are you? Nice to meet you. Pearl Guglani. Pearl will be back when she can. And Ivana Gutierrez. Ivana, wave hello. A futurist's dream team. That's what I've named you, Sharon. Take note of that. So they're joining Bonnie D. That's me for the future of girls who code and AI, bridging the gender gap at last as we envision, predict, unpack, and make that gap a thing of the past. Ivana, did you like the poem? What do you think? Yeah, I loved it. Good. Well, ChatGPT and I work hand in hand. It's never just a pure, pure AI poem. We have any news on when Pearl's coming back? Does anybody, has anybody heard from her? Yes, she's trying to get on. She has no idea what happened. It just kicked her off, but she's trying to jump back That's on. That's fine. We'll let her back on because she's a valued person in this team. So let's go through the introductions. Dr. Sharon Jones, you were on the show with me a couple of months ago, all about coding, about programming, about AI. Today, we're focusing on girls who learn to code, and you're with the Dottie Rose Foundation. You're going to talk to us about that. So Sharon Jones, I did the math today, and mm -hmm. I figured there are about 18.2792 people in the world who don't remember you from a couple months ago when you're on my show. I hope that doesn't <laughs> upset you. I don't know what they were doing, what they were what thinking. What were they thinking? Seriously, oh Sharon. So Sharon, catch Thank us you. up. Just pretend everybody is new for you. You're new for sure. us and give us who you are. Take three minutes, give us the full bio and why are you here? Sharon, welcome back. Thank you so much, Bonnie. It is a pleasure and it's a pleasure to be back on Voice of America. Um, so as she said, I'm Dr. Jones. I'm the founder of Dottie Rose Foundation with the mission to set the standard in computer science education for girls and beyond. We believe that there is a space at every table for the female brain and those that represent um, as a female to be heard and have an opportunity to find their own path and their own voice within technology. My past has been teaching computer science for well over two decades now, mostly in public education. And I found that there needed to be a space for women to thrive and grow uh, within the tech space. In addition to that, um, I run a consulting business that works with educators as we integrate computer science into culture and curriculum. So background is, you know, actually this is probably a good side note, Bonnie. Um, I, you know, I was gonna be DJ Sharky Sharon. I had a little stint there on Voice America with my own show, Coding the Future. Um, maybe I'll make, I'll make my uh, comeback here soon, but, um, the path in tech has been one in which I have done a lot of self-learning and growth. And so I find that my experience and how I learned tech is very beneficial to when we're working with young people and finding relevance and how that matches. So yeah, we're really thrilled to be here. I'm uh, even more thrilled that you get to meet people from my team and stu former students um, and current students and all the things that come into making uh, Dottie Rose Foundation the thriving organization we are now. Thank you and congratulations on the work you do. Pearl is back. Pearl, yes. wait, hello. I had your name hello. in the opening poem. We're happy. It's okay. It happens. All right. Sharon, yeah. my comment in the opening, Sharon, was that there was no, I'm just going to say gender bias when I was taking my computer training. There were women, there were men, we were in the class, nobody said you're a girl. But I, I was telling, uh, before you joined, I think I was telling Holly and Ivana and Pearl that when I was taking business statistics as part of my schooling for programming, the men in the class were angry with me because I wasn't using a slide rule to figure out the problems. I did everything with pencil and paper. I loved math. I excelled 
failed in math and I worked everything out and they were furious that I aced all the homework assignments and all the tests because I was a girl who knew how to do math. I'm just going to leave that alone. But the women in the class were doing very well and the men, we didn't think, oh, I'm a girl, I can't do computers. We said, wow, computers, learning, coding, this is cool beans. And we just loved it. So it surprised me that as years went on, people seemed to say, oh, there aren't too many women in tech. And I'm saying, why the heck not? We started out being in tech, right? We got some famous women. Look at Grace Hopper, all kinds of people yep. along the way. I don't know. 100%. What well, I don't know what happened, but we're not going to we're not going to talk about we, that. We can't yeah. dig into all of that today, Bonnie, but I yep. will tell you we're making great strides to bring it back. Good. And I'm glad. There you go. And so let's move on. Holly Harris, I'm putting you on speaker view. You and I just met about oh, about 12 and a half minutes ago. So nice to make your acquaintance. Would you please tell us, tell everybody in the world what you're doing here, what your passion is for girls who code and AI and Dottie Rose. Go ahead. Absolutely. Thank you for having us on the show today. Uh, my name is Holly Harris. I am the Director of Education for the Dottie Rose Foundation. And unlike, uh, I think, everybody else on the panel, I did not start out with a technology background. I'm actually a social studies teacher, high school, a world history teacher, an AP world history teacher, and uh, came to Cabarrus County and took a job at Cottsmill High School. And Cabarrus County started these career-themed academies and Cox Mill was one of them, and our theme was information technology. And I thought, wow, I love this. So I became the world history teacher, honors world history teacher in the academy. And that took about a year or two. And they said, you know what? We see how this is growing, and we love uh, your passion for kids and that you're wanting them to be able to learn so much more and connect beyond the classroom. Would you be our academy coordinator? So I left my role as a social studies teacher and became uh, the academy coordinator for the Information Technology Academy. So I've kind of, I think of myself as like a scrum master at this point. I know enough of the coding to be dangerous, but not enough to like be fully immersed, but I'm really good at connecting people and, and helping to break it down for students so that they understand it and helping them connect with business and industry and professionals and really feeling supported along their journey. So that's really where my passion is, is showing students specifically the girls because we didn't when we first started the academy they wanted the demographics to match the school and we did it every way except for gender and so uh, there was a lot of intentionality on recruitment and just really it, it didn't take a lot it just took me going and saying this is for you you are good at this this is what you should be a part of and then not leaving them once they got there you know once they came to the academy supporting them and helping them along the way to know that i was a face that wasn't going away and pearl was actually one of the students in the academy with me so we've got we our connection goes way back so that's my passion i'm happy to be here holly you speak so beautifully every, every word i it was just like just I admire the way you speak about your passion and about what you do and about the, I want to call them ladies, but we're calling them girls for the sake of this show. And I hope nobody takes offense at that. I, I'm happy to be called a girl once in a while. Sharon can understand that and Holly can understand that. Let's move to Pearl. Somehow something in the cyber world knocked you off and you came back and we're so happy. Oh, yeah. Where's Pearl? Where's Pearl? Pearl, I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you please tell us a little bit about what you do, why you're here, what your passion is for coding and AI? Go ahead, Pearl. So my name is Pearl. As of right now, I am a first year student at UNC Charlotte, uh, working towards my Bachelor of Science in Computer Science. 
Um, I got introduced to Dottie Rose through Miss Harris in my junior year of high school. Yeah. So we're, I've known, I've been part of it for a while. I did a whole summer camp there and then I got involved in a internship there as well. Um, I was a counselor for summer camp. Sorry, that was unclear. Um, so internship there, I did full stack development there, which was great. And I got introduced through so many people and just a nice little, step into the professional world through Dottie Rose and uh and now I'm in college and I think I'm doing pretty well for myself based on how I've been doing so far and I'm here on this podcast which is crazy to me because wow um I my parents are both super into tech like uh they both work back-end jobs and somewhere along that line so I've, I've always had a big influence of coding and like uh tech and when i was growing up and i think following that pathway just like it made sense to me and i think i'm doing pretty well on it so and ai is always super interesting uh and i i look forward to seeing where it goes because honestly i don't fully understand it but it's very very interesting very well put pearl we don't nobody does yet and when you read some of the, the papers and the, the scholarly studies on what's really happening behind ChatGPT and BARD and other AI chatbots, it's, very, it's a very deep study to learn exactly what it does. But Pearl, as a coder, do you have a favorite language? What are you studying? What do you do? What are you practical using in a practical basis? Anything yet? Um, okay. So I have worked in... I wouldn't say I'm great at all of everything, but I've worked with Java. I've worked with JavaScript. I've worked with C Sharp. I've done a little bit of C++. I did not enjoy C++, I will say. I've done Python. Um, I've done some front end with CSS, HTML. I've worked a little bit in SQL, uh, MongoDB. And uh, so far, I think uh, learning-wise, Python has been the best and like this weekend I'm going to a hackathon in chapel and I think I'll be doing Python based things there but I am working heavy in Java for my classes right now so I think that's where my focus is at but Python's got to be my favorite that's an impressive list of languages Pearl <laughs> you were just rattling those off and I'll tell you a secret I didn't enjoy coding in Fortran which you probably never heard of and I didn't like assembly language quite as much but I loved COBOL because it was very English like and it mm -hmm. just flowed PL1 was a little more mathematical but I remember somebody uh, I thought I was going for a job at, at a particular place for a particular language and when I got there they said you're here for the assembler language job and I said no that's not my best language that's not my favorite language that's not the language I really want why did I come out in the snow with a fever of 101 with a Kleenex box with me for an interview 20 miles from my house for a job that I thought was something else and they said wait and they said the vice president wants to meet with you it was a it was a back end a correspondent bank not a, not a teller bank and he said do you, do you have a checkbook I said yeah and he said um, do, you, do you like numbers and I said yeah and he said uh, okay I I want to hire you as the systems liaison. We're creating a brand new role for you. And here, ladies, you're going to love this. They said, you speak English between the sneezes. You speak English 
and you're a programmer and you speak computer ease. So you're going to go from the programmers in the Holly Information Technology, it was IMS Information Management Systems, the programmers. You're going to go to the New York City office. This was Long Island. You're going to talk to the departments and find out what reports they need. Then you're going to come back to the office here and you're going to go sit with the programmers and you're going to be the analyst who helps them figure out how Bob in accounting and Mary in check processing, what they need. So they created a job where I was speaking two languages, English and computer. Interesting. And it was fascinating. Goes from there. Thank you very much. Ivana Gutierrez, so happy to have you here. I love the sweatshirt with Code Girl. I want one of those. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Happy to be here. Please send me one. Ivana, please. We can get you a sweatshirt. <laughs> I'm putting you on speaker view. Tell us all about what you do and why you're here. Welcome. Hi, everybody. So my name is Ivana Gutierrez. I am the education program manager at the Dottie Rose Foundation, something that I'm very, very passionate about. I have a background in IT and um, Dr. Jones, she was my high school teacher. She was one of my first programming teachers in high school, um, felt very, very supported. I ended up studying software information systems at UNC Charlotte with a concentration in web development. And then from there, I ended up having a career in consulting, IT consulting. Um, but I always felt the need to, to go back and help out the community. I saw that there was a need not having girls in, in tech. When I was an undergrad, I ran a few summer camps to teach girls web development. And then from there, I found my way into teaching. So I taught AP Computer Science A, which is Java, AP Computer Science Principles, Game Art Design, some web development as well, the high school level. And then um, that's where I got more involved in Daddy Rose, and here I am today. So it's really exciting work, and it's really great. You've really done all of that. You you really you've taught AP, and you've yeah yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm, st I'm still amazed. I I figured <laughs> you were just just about at Pearl's level, just being in in college. Uh, question for you, Ivana. Do you have any favorite coding languages? Is there anything special that really gets you going? Anything about coding? Yeah, so at first, um, early on, I really thought that I wanted to do some game development. And when I first started at UNC Charlotte, that's, that's what my concentration was. But then I took some more web development classes and I enjoyed that more. Um, so that's where my concentration is. And that's why I have a lot of fun teaching full stack development to the Sackbyte girls at Dottie Rose. Um, but then now I'm also getting into more like data analytics. So using some Tableau and some Python. So I find that really interesting now. I'm so impressed. You know, it's interesting, okay. Bonnie, um, because when you ask about the language, one of the things I've heard you say, and then I've heard each of the girls say, because people will ask me the same thing, right? And I love the way you just mentioned that you could speak English and you could speak computer because I often tell the girls, once you learn one language, you can learn another because there's five, there's five basic rules. You have variables, you've got loops, conditional statements, and you have functions, right? Um, I'm missing one. But um, those pieces are the same in every language, just how the syntax is set up. So just like you would count, you count it down in our show mm -hmm. in French, Yes. While we did English, they're similar. It's just the syntax of how you do that. So, you know, the fact that Pearl can jump from Java and bless you, my love, it's going to be a hard road for a little while. Java is my least favorite, but, you know, to, to <laughs> Python or from Python to Visual Basic, you know, all of those things are just, it's, 
it's because you learn the basics and then you can jump from one language to another. Very well put. And that's true. It's just a question of syntax. By the way, I was I was telling Pearl before the show that I was hired as my own contract programmer when I worked for a college in, in uh, Oregon. They didn't have enough people. And they said, well, you're good at it. Wouldn't you like to spend your whole weekend writing thousands of lines of code, getting paid separately, come in on Monday, bring your handwritten code, key punch it, and run it by Monday afternoon as a separate set of programs? And of course, I said, sure. So I told my kids, we're not doing too much fun stuff this week. And I'm going to be coding. And I, my thrill, talking about syntax, my thrill was being able to get the program up and running by noon on Monday, sometimes with just one tiny syntax error out of 2,000 lines. Yes. And it's like the I, semicolon. The semicolon. It, yeah, the semicolon. It was just, it was a eureka <laughs> moment. I called it the Toyota moment. Yay. It was just jumping for joy. It was intellectually so satisfying to solve the puzzle. And Sharon, my metaphor for programming is it's, well, we're all supposedly born with tabula rasa, blank slate in our brain. And then is, is it nurture or nature? Combination of how we become who we are. But my point is that to me, the challenge of programming is you start with that blank piece of paper, unless you're a... A, a repair person coder, which I was later on, or I, I inherited spaghetti code. Ever heard of spaghetti code? Where so many people have touched a program that it's just beep, 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 beep. It's all over the place. And you've got to clean it up before you can do anything with it. I did that with PL1. But my point is you start with that blank piece of paper and it's like, this is what the program needs to solve. This is what the report has to look like. These are the, these are the variables. And this is the outcome that somebody needs for their intelligent, something in their job. So when you start with that blank paper, the idea of solving that puzzle to me is part of the, the beauty of coding is you've solved the puzzle, but nobody else in the world will solve that puzzle exactly the way you did, Ivana, exactly the way you did, Pearl, exactly the way you sort of kind of did, Holly, when you, <laughs> Sharon, the way you did. It's, it's unique. It's a work of art. It really is. So let's go on with the show. But I want to tell you that to my listeners, to my viewers, you know, the next part of the show is I've asked my guests to please send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV show or a song lyric. And I'm going to read the one that Sharon sent me first. First Sharon, and then we'll go to Holly, and then we'll go to Pearl and Ivana. But as I was listening to us speaking and hearing myself, I was thinking one song that we could have quoted, nobody did for today, is Gloria Gaynor's song, I Will Survive. And the lines are, first I was afraid, I was petrified. <laughs> I will survive. And that leads me to the quote Sharon has sent, which is, is absolutely lovely. Sharon sent a quote, by Johnny Castle, played by the late, very handsome, very lovely, great dancer, Patrick Swayze. The movie was Dirty Dancing, 1987. I think a couple of us were still alive then or alive already then. It's an American romantic drama dance film. I love the way they combine the genres, Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey. And Jennifer Grey is a young woman who goes to a resort in the Catskills with her family, falls in love with her dance dance teacher at a family vacation resort, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and here is the quote Sharon has picked. Nobody puts baby in a corner. It was a big speech he gave in, in the, the big ballroom when somebody was saying she couldn't do something. So Sharon, relate that to our topic. Just take two minutes so we can move on. Sharon, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I've chose that because I think often it's much like what you just said about at first I was afraid, for, then I was petrified. I think often we put ourselves in a corner, even as females, because we think we have to check all the boxes. And the truth of the matter is we don't. And 
to what I've said just a minute ago about the fact that once you learn one language, you can learn another. And the way I think about putting something in a corner is you turn, it's like you make the decision that you can't do it. And that's that. And you shove it over here. Or somebody makes a decision for you and says, you can't do it and puts you in that corner. And I relate that a bit to my own childhood where I was told I wasn't great at math, but I actually was really great at math. I just wasn't good at algebra. I just wasn't good at the math that we were doing at that moment. And so I got shoveled into more literacy, which actually, quite frankly, I'm not great at writing. I'm great at writing, but it wasn't my strong point. I can write, I, can, I was actually better at math, but I got shoved into a corner because of the particular error that I was in. So to put that into words, there we never need to put ourselves into a corner. Always remember to take the first step. Nothing was ever won, like what they always say, they didn't build Rome in a day, right? We didn't learn to read in a day. We learned to read over the course of many years. Give yourself some grace and leeway and step out of the corner one step at a time. Thank you. Very, very well put. One bite at a time, right? Bite B-I-T, they say, how do you eat an <laughs> yes, elephant? You know one, I love to use that joke all the time. Do you really? Bite with I a do. Y. I sound bites with a Y? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Lovely. Let's go to Holly Harris. She picked a quote from Cosmo, played by the actor Ben Kingsley. The movie is Sneakers, 1992 American thriller film. Uh, in 1969, students Martin, Bryce, and Cosmo, two people, Martin, Bryce, and Cosmo, are computer hackers who use their skills to finance certain political organizations. We'll leave that out of there. When Martin leaves for a pizza, Cosmo gets arrested, forcing Martin to become a fugitive. I'm just going to leave that alone. All kinds of things with the CIA and conspiracies and electronics and teams and all that good stuff. Here's the quote Holly picked. The world isn't run by weapons anymore or energy or money. It's run by little ones and zeros, little bits of data. It's all just electrons. Sharon's going nuts. Holly, explain the quote, please, to us. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, knowledge is power, right? Information is power. And when you have that knowledge, you know, no matter what the subject matter is, you really control the landscape. Um, so I look at, you know, growing up, there was the commercials, knowledge is power, the more you know, all of that. And just 100%, it couldn't be more relevant now because uh, just the psychology of people and how, why people make choices, just knowing those bits of information is really what's driving everything behind uh, AI technology. It's driving behind, you know, even whenever you go shopping or you're scrolling on the internet or doing whatever it is that you're doing and, and you're, as you're interfacing with technology, that it's all about that information and, and what you can, what glimpses they can get of you and then figure out how to spin that. Because if it's not information, what's a very close second is money. So it's a way to monetize that on the backside, but definitely about information and understanding. Um, I think that has been something that has really powered a lot of what I like to do. I like to figure out why people, you know, what motivates them, what makes them tick. And that has what's been able to help me to connect them to figure out what journey, how to help them along their journey. So all of those little bits of information really feed us and feed what, you know, what we become. So again, that 
you know, you want to make sure you're being fed the right things. And I want to make sure that always with the Dottie Rose Foundation and everything that we're doing, that we're feeding each of the people who come through all of our Dottie Rose UXers, feed them the right information and let them know how that knowledge is that power. And that is what will run the world. That is what will continue to make sure that you know, people who are, are you know, the haves stay the haves or the have nots and how to, how to merge that together, how to close gaps. Because at the end of the day, that is what we are all about is closing that gap. And the only way you can close those gaps is to know why they're there. So that information, you have to understand how it comes down to all those little zeros and ones. I was joking with Sharon this week. Uh, she, I told her she's got me thinking in binary 24 seven these days, my, my Jeep hit, you know, over a hundred thousand miles, but it was like one zero zero one zero one. And I was took a picture and sent it to her like, this is it. This is exactly how everything is transferred and how we can communicate, how we live our, our everyday lives and what will continue to be the future and what we move into. Thank you, Holly. And they say data is the new oil. Well, some people say, but oil cannot be reused over and over again, but data can. There's something interesting. And as far as the zero and ones go, going back to zeros and ones, some people say not making, they don't realize that not making a decision is the zero and it's a choice right? The zero is a choice and the one is a choice. The light is on or it is off. When it's off, you've chosen to leave or put the light off. When it's on, you've chosen to put it on. So there's some basic decision making, the ones and the zeros. Thank you very much. Let's go on. Pearl, I have your quote up here. It's a quote from Uncle Iroh, I-R-O-H, from Avatar, voiced by Mako, M-A-K-O, in seasons one and two, then Greg Baldwin. This is from the last, this is brand new to me, Pearl, the last Airbender season two, episode 15, Tales of Ba Sing Se. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, abbreviated ATLA, is an American animated fantasy action TV series from 2005 to 2008. 61 episodes. Blah, blah, blah. Produced by Nickelodeon Animation Studio. 20 episodes the first two seasons. And then it was on DVD and on Netflix. Uh, let me see if I can find any more information here. Each book, each season is a book. Each episode is a chapter. And each book is named for an element that the character A-A-N-G must master water, earth, and fire. There's our basics. So here's the quote Pearl has picked. I, you know I'd get to it eventually. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's always best to believe in oneself, but a little help from others can be a great blessing. That's lovely. Pearl, talk to us. How does this get to go to our topic today, please? So, as you know, I have been part of Dottie Rose since my junior year of high school. I think Uncle Iroh's quote in that scene, I'm going to give a little more context. So he's it's sort of a filler episode of like following the characters around and he just he's, he's getting robbed in that very moment and he's giving the robber tips on how to do better because he's like he's such a nice guy you know he's just a great dude like that um like he sits him down he like makes tea and everything for the guy who's like he's like and the guy asks you really think i could be a good robber and he's like it's it's always good to believe in yourself but having someone else believing you is really like the next step to like feeling that you can do it and that's how i felt with dotty rose i always thought like eventually i will end up successful but being a part of dotty rose and being connected to these like these women who have so much uh like influence and have led me to so many different connections and i'm very thankful for that and it really helped me feel like i could go to the next step like having them believe in me was a whole different game like it just changed the whole way i think 
That's and I really exciting. appreciate them. That's exciting. That's lovely. Oh, we're making hearts. Oh, Sharon, do oh, that again. Oh, that's cool. We're making hearts. Just I don't know if that's... hearts for you. Isn't that... Sharon, how did you do that? How'd you get the hearts to go up? Must be something on Zoom I haven't figured out yet. It's my AI. It's... Actually, oh, you know? excuse me. I've got to do that. Wow. And and uh, Pearl, that goes to a, a song and a, a theory that no man, I'm going to say no woman, no girl is an island. We're not alone. Yes. You have to connect, so. connect the pieces. Connect the pieces. I'm going to go to Ivana's quote. And how, uh, Sharon, I've already put your first prediction in the chat for you. So let me scroll down here in my notes and let's go to Ivana has picked a quote. For, oh, this is a quote from the movie <laughs> Legally Blonde, 2001 comedy film. It was way more than a comedy. It was just much deeper than that. Character is Elle Woods, played by the beautiful and wonderful Reese Witherspoon, who has so many faces and so many personas over the years. And the scene is that Warner, played by Matthew Davis says, you got into Harvard Law? And she says, well, like it's hard. So the, th the thing is that she's a sorority girl who attempts to win back her ex-boyfriend, he's Huntington III, by getting a JD, a law degree at Harvard Law. She overcomes the stereotype against blondes and triumphs as a successful lawyer. She's got a little dog with her and she's really pretty and she wears a lot of pink. And it's a really cool movie and I wish they'd bring it back. Lots of spinoffs, by the way. Ivana, I love the quote. Talk to me. How does this fit our topic? Go ahead. So something that we work really hard at the Dr. Rose Foundation with all our students is bringing up their confidence. So, and it makes me think back when I was even at UNC Charlotte in my programming classes or even in my math classes, sometimes on a test, I wouldn't do so great, right? And I used to come home and I used to cry and I used to be so upset and be like, I did terrible, I'm not good at this, am I supposed to be here? All these thoughts in my head. And my dad and my mom would look at me and be like, okay, but what was the average? oh, like the average was worse than what I got. Okay, then then why are you crying? Like those guys in your class, they're not upset. They're like, oh, whatever. And it's true. Like I would I would ask and they would be like, well, yeah, like I studied, I know it's material, whatever, I'm going to do great. So it's, it's a confidence thing. And that's what we find a lot with our students too when um, these girls are trying to figure out how to make this robot move or trying to get their code to work. They'll get frustrated. They'll cry. And they'll be like, I'm not cut out for this. But I love Ellie Woods, her quote, like what? Like it's hard. It's having that confidence to be able to push through and like, yes, I belong. I can do this. And technology is for me in this case. Technology is for me. Yes, I can do this. That's it. That, that's that's all there is. It's everything we do has tech behind it, in front of it, aside from it. Why not be the ones who are making things happen, right? Exactly. The, the part that you said, Ivana, was that they cry. There's a rule in business: if you just don't cry, just 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 suck it up. Just I know, it. suck it up. Turn yep. your head, go walk out of the room for a second, uh, have ex something extra with you, a Kleenex or a Q-tip or something, and just keep going. Don't let them see you cry because that changes the whole dynamic of how people think about you, right, Sharon? No crying. And that was a quote from A League of Their Own. No, there's no <laughs> crying in baseball. Boy, are we coming up with a lot of movie hits. Yeah, here. you know, I thought about that too, but and, and I probably didn't. I think I strategically, I cry all the time. Ask the ladies. I'm a crier because especially like I'm, I'm trying not to cry from what Pearl said. I mean, Lord, I'm holding it together over here, girl. Um, but the, but I do think sometimes 
when I was teaching, there would come a moment where I'd be so frustrated and I did cry. And I wanted the kids to know that that it happens to all of us. Like it's a, it's an emotion that that's how Mm -hmm. we handle it. Right. So for me, I cry, right. Some people yell, some people, whatever, but I cry. I want the gender gap to be so that everybody is crying. Everybody has permission to (laughs) shed a tear when they get mad or when they get frustrated or when they get sad, right? I have a weekly call with my son on FaceTime every Sunday. And the joke is he sets the clock and he sees how many minutes until mom is crying. (laughs) And some Sundays I get through the whole hour, regardless of what we're talking about. And I'll say, see, not a drop, not a teardrop. It's a challenge. There you go. So let's move on, ladies, to the part of the show where I've asked you each to send me four predictions on our topic, the future of girls who code and learn and use AI. And I'm going to pick one prediction from each of you. I've already selected one from Dr. Jones, Sharon. Put it in the chat for her. Sharon, I'd like you to unpack it. I'm looking at the clock. We've got 20 minutes left, a lot to cover. So keep it to two minutes, Sharon. And if anybody has a comment to make about Sharon, agree or disagree with her, you don't have to, but Ivana, Pearl, Holly, wiggle one of your nice fingers, not the middle one, one of your nice fingers at me, and I'll see you wiggle, and then I'll call on you, and it's a one-minute comment. In the meantime, Holly, I'll pick one of yours and put it in the chat for you. So here's what Sharon told me before the show. She says, we will teach AI through a systematic approach that includes There's that word, bite-sized learning and quick wins. The approach that spans early education, continuous learning, and collaboration between academia and industry. I'm going to stop there. Sharon, unpack this for me, please. So I believe I've said this to you before, Bonnie, and I know my my team has heard me say it, but, and I said it earlier, we, we cannot learn things all at once. You have to learn in small quick wins because what happens is if you try to sit down and unpack all that is AI, even Pearl said it before, like there's, we don't really understand all the pieces that are going to be involved in AI because we've already been involved in AI for the past 15, 20 years. And we will actually start in the fifties, but we have had more access to it through Alexa and Siri and the way that we interact with sensors. And um, we've done a lot of machine learning already with our interactions with technology, especially like our watches or our phones. My point is, is that when we think about how technology is going to change in the next five years, we can't get overwhelmed with that. We have to take small strategic wins and learn a little bit at a time. And all those little bits will add up to the big understanding. And it's okay if we don't understand it all. It would be almost unhuman, right? And the power of AI is the marriage of the human brain and the robustness of a piece of technology. And that's where the magic's gonna happen. So for me, we wanna introduce it, we don't wanna shy away from it. So the reason why I said about education too, is you already mentioned it, Bonnie. Some people are already trying to ban certain things around AI, and I don't believe that's the way to go forward. We need to show and teach effective ways to implement AI to for the betterment, not for the detriment. Yes. And the word on my my shows comes up as, first of all, ethics and second of all, guardrails. Who's going to build the guardrails? What about the biases? Are they guardrails good? Are they in the right places at the right time? Will we ever not need them? That's a whole other topic. Thank you, Sharon. Anybody have any comments on what Sharon shared? 
Anybody? Nope. Okay, good. I'm going to move on. Holly, I like two of your predictions so much I'm combining them. So this is a little bit of a, of a takeover from or a takeaway from what Sharon said, but in a different context. You say, as more work is done to reach girls not teach, reach girls at a younger age to foster an interest in technology. And that's what I was mentioning about STEM. We will significantly decrease the gender gap in computer science. And prediction four, to continue with this, you say more girls learning to code will also increase the number of women in the C-suite. Holly, two minutes. Take us, please. Where are we going? Thank you. Um, Ed, my work obviously came from high school, and I noticed that as the girls were at that high school level, it was still like, all right, let's reach back to eighth grade. How can we get them in eighth grade to try to figure out how to get them more involved? And then the eighth graders and the parents were saying, well, really, you need to talk to them in seventh grade. And it just kept seeming like we need to just keep going and reaching further and further back. And I think it all comes down to like what we found at the Dottie Rose Foundation is that the middle school seems to be like that sweet spot of where we're targeting, where we really want to bring more girls in and really have, help them foster the interest in technology. Um, upper elementary school, they, you know, they still, we still see that they're very into it and they're very interested. But even that like is, is a really a prime space to reach into, but showing them that uh, computer science technology is literally in everything, that they cannot look at it like it's in separate silos. There's not art and computer science. There is not, you know, English even in computer science, that everything is 100% all integrated. If you enjoy making a sugar scrub, we're going to show you how the science is behind it and the computer science with it and blend it all together. So really making sure that girls see that their interest, everything that they're interested in is 100%. It's all still one and the same, that they do belong and that they are smart enough and that we really want to see at that middle school level that then they're going on and taking those classes in high school. Um, and so the only way to do that is obviously to keep reaching them and, and making sure they're connected with the technology, connected and showing that if they're into theater, guess what? Theater and tech. We have a theater and tech camp where we're on campus at UNC Charlotte and we work with them with all of the backstage, the lighting and all of the science and technology that goes behind it. Um, so really showing them that it absolutely connects, that there is not this, this big chasm, and this divide and what girls like and what boys like, or even what girls like that at all, 100% is all combined together. And as soon as we continue to reach down and show that, they're going to be invested. They're going to see that it's what they love and that it all is together and continue to want to stay in that cycle and to see their sisterhood around them. Um, we've had some really amazing opportunities with our high school program that has come with girls from all over, from Union County, Charlotte-Mecklenburg, Cabarrus County, Iredale Statesville, and the community and network that they've created as high school students. Now they're still staying together. They have lunch together for the ones who are at UNC Charlotte, you know, all together they've come back for our events so helping them to see you know the younger that we can reach down and show the connection and start to foster that love then they stay with it and they realize that it's not something that's abstract or that it's separate but it's just it, it's woven into the fabric of everything that they do in their lives and continue on and as we see the that that growth trend you know for for pearl once she's out of college and she's moving on into industry um you you even said it earlier her you know her laundry list of everything that she's had experience with you can't deny that at the c-suite level to show everything that she has that and and knowing that she earns and deserves that seat there 
Um, I, I always use the example of NASA trying to do the all-female spacewalk, and they had to postpone it because the spacesuits didn't fit the women because they have always been designed for men. Mm -hmm. So just some of those things as women step into those roles and realizing the value and the validity and the perspective. I go back to my my quote earlier about information. You know, you'll never find a, a, a group of people who better understand human behavior and how to connect than females. Right. So continuing to look at that and see how you can utilize that to, to move into that C-suite level. It, it's just going to we're going to move mountains as we reach back and, and pull more girls along. Thank you, Holly. Always eloquent. I will tell I, I'll ask a question. When I was in it was either junior high school, which is today middle school uh, grades um, seven, eight, nine. We had a math team. And I made the math team and we traveled. It was uh, in Bayside, uh, where was I? Um, it was high school. It was Bayside High School in Bayside, Queens, New York. And we traveled to other schools around New York City. And we were given very, very, very tough problems. And given to the room, there was a proctor. There was a timer. You were sat, seated at a desk where nobody could see your paper. And you had X number of minutes to solve the problem. Some of these were geometry. Some of these were algebra. They were talk through problems. They were, uh, so we say social problems, You're not like the train is going, two trains meet and all of that, that we used to talk about, joke about. But it was fascinating. And I was so excited to be on that math team. And I don't remember, Holly, how many were girls and how many were boys. I don't remember. It wasn't a feature of, oh, I'm the only girl. I don't remember. But at one point for graduation, we had so many good math students that 26 of us qualified for the graduation award in math, 26. So what did they do? They sat all 26 of us down in the high school cafeteria and they gave us a special extra test. Pearl, we had to take this exam, seated at the tables in the cafeteria, it was huge, a big school. And whoever got into the top 10 score on that test won one of the awards. I was in the top 10 and I got a math award graduation. I just adored math and nobody said to me, you're a girl, you shouldn't be doing math. It wasn't, Sharon, it wasn't something we talked about back then. It just wasn't. Anyway, I want to move on. I want to move to Pearl's predictions. I put them in for you, Pearl, and I'm combining two for you. This goes a little bit of, a little bit takeover from, or a takeoff from what the other two ladies have said. You say the average skill level for women in technology is going to get higher as the years go on, very provocative. And then you say, academically, the course load for computer science is going to become more rigorous based on the current trend. So let's talk about more difficult, more rigorous, higher skill level. Pearl, go ahead. Okay. So this this was a little bit of a thought. Um, so in my mind, I was thinking as time goes on and as like uh, foundations like the Dottie Rose Foundation and other places are getting more and more girls involved in coding at a younger age means they're going to I did in like high school I earned my Python like Microsoft certification here but based on like if you start in sixth grade you could totally do it in like seventh grade Python it's it's not a, a very very difficult test you know so if we start at a younger younger age then they have more time to grow and like learn more and more things. So I think by the time they get to the end of their high school careers, they'll like if 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 high schools implement the classes that you know you have access to in college, then technically I'm pretty sure they could earn like their bachelor degrees based on that. Like at the end of like eleventh grade, because right now I 
I'm learning Java, but like I, I have friends in high school who are maybe doing Dottie Rose right now, maybe not. They are also like completely solid with Java. They're so good at it. It's like astonishing. And then that's what I'm saying. Like if 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 the trend keeps that they learn more things as they're younger, then that means the college curriculum is going to have to change for them to actually like the getting a degree is going to be more more rigorous and more difficult. So that, I think that's yeah, a good thing. that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask this question, Pearl? Because this is something yeah. that I think I just jumped right all on this, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. You know, but, ahead, but, but I think she's spot on. But the other piece about do you think that it is important for when you're learning the language for there to be relevance for women, for girls? Yes. Yes. Because if you can't apply that to anything that you know, so like I've been talking about it with my mom and my dad because they both work in like code, but I think in if statements now and they think it's the funniest thing. Because I'm just like, well, if I have to take the car out at, like, noon, then I have to do this first, and then I have to grab the keys from my mom, who just came back from work. It's, I think, in, like, a case break statement, and if this happens, I break this. Like, they think it's the funniest thing for some reason, and I like how, like, it applies. And I think that's important, because if you don't know how it works and you can't apply it to real life, then do you even know how it works? There you go. There's our if-then if branches, right? (laughs) If then branches, if this yes. happens then, or if this doesn't happen mm-hmm. then, where do you go? We used to have something called top-down programming, where you would set out exactly the overview. at the. It was, it was like an executive summary in a white paper or in, in a business proposal. It's like, what are the main things you need? Where is everything going to go at a macro level throughout okay. the whole thing? That was called top-down programming. And then your code branched out from there. So interesting. Oh, bringing back so many memories. I should have had my COBOL book and green bar paper here. Ivana, we've got time for you. I love your statement, your prediction number four. I'm going to read it for you. As more girls become interested in technology and women enter the technology workforce listen up we will see a redesign of tools and applications to fit diverse needs talk to me about how ai plays into this ivana please so it makes me think of um just our day-to-day lives right i'm sure there's things that we go through and um maybe it's a little bit harder takes a little bit more time but if there was someone behind those those designs or the people that are testing out if there were women there it would look differently right so for example something that i think about often when i get into my car to drive i don't have a set place to put my pocketbook why is that? Whoever designed the car, right, wasn't thinking of that need. Probably because it wasn't a woman, it was probably a guy, right? So <laughs> you could think of probably a lot more applications that way. Um, I think about, um, you know, the in in when I was teaching high school, um, something that I would have my students do uh, for International Women's Day is to look up, okay, um, influential women in tech, like what have they designed, right? So for example, there was uh, Gladys West that she designed the technology behind the GPS, right? Where would we be without that technology? I use Waze every single day to get to point A to point B. Um, so as more and more girls and women enter the, the workforce, they're going to be redesigning tools. They're going to be designing things that is going to impact our day-to-day lives. Um, you could also think about the application of, um, at one point, there wasn't a spell check, right, in, in our different tools. That's something that I can't live without today. Um, spell check. And I just see that using these AI tools is going to be 
um, a value add in a lot of these different applications in education and in our, in our day-to-day lives. Use cases are so important, and that's how you make a business proposal, right? You say, this is where I believe something can solve a need, handle a crisis, yeah. anticipate something that might be going wrong. That's what Internet of Things and the sensors are, is when is that machine going to break down, know it, fix it before it breaks down so you don't have to stop your manufacturing cycle, right? Okay, so if that's, that's an interesting thing, the handbag, Ivana, how, who on this panel has a serious place, a secure place to put a purse in your car when you get in the car? Anybody? No. 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 And I was also no. like cup holders. They're awful. Oh, oh, cup There's holders too. Yeah. There's like not, not enough cup, cup holders. holders. Absolutely terrible. You know, back in the day, I, I wore high heels a lot and I've always driven a sports car. And if I drove the car enough and the high heels enough, no, I didn't switch into sneakers when I was driving or walking. I had the high heels on all the time when I was a, a programmer back back in the day, I keep saying, don't ask when. So the high heels, the, the heels went through the the rubber mat underneath the, the driver's area. And, yeah. and sometimes I was almost on the floorboards of the car. It went through the rubber mat, it went through the carpet. And I wished years ago somebody would design a high heel proof flooring for women who drive a lot wouldn't that have been handy right well why so, don't we just invent it bonnie we, we just will here we go bonnie <laughs> and We're what i wanted to design a car completely there you go and what i also <laughs> wanted was for women's purses i was hoping somebody and i i never got around to this was that you could feel different different little purse things inside by their touch one would be velvet one would be oh. satin so you know oh that's the glasses case oh my god oh glasses where is oh it's got something crunchy it's like, oh my god i broke my glasses and and that, that's where you keep the mints and that's where you keep the lipstick instead of having to feel for the shape you'd know right away by the touch you'd know what your different cases are but that's a whole other thing it has been just wonderful speaking with all of you sharon <laughs> you rock uh, yes. for bringing me this wonderful panel holly so eloquent and wonderful how you're you're helping to run things and organize pearl i have great great wishes for you but great hope and faith in you that you're going to go you. really far and ivana i'm still trying to get over the fact that you're not 18. i can't believe <laughs> your resume is Thank so you. you're welcome you're you don't have to say that because you, you still look 18. uh, uh your resume is so impressive. You've accomplished yeah. so much. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be a beacon for other young women to achieve a lot in their young yeah. lives. That's the important is. thing. You're a role model. And I can tell the camaraderie of the four of you is just wonderful. I want to say thank you to my engineer. Aaron Keller is with us today. I tell people Aaron and I started working together about six years ago. I've been at Voice America, Sharon, for 11 years. I am starting my 56th and 57th series next week on, on uh, Halloween. It's going to be a treat day, not a trick day. And Aaron started working with me maybe five or six years ago on my Game Changers shows. And he was 26 when he started being my engineer. Now he's he's higher up in the organization. But in the five years he's been working with me, he's now 53 years old. So I want you to all know that girls can be very, very strong taskmasters and drivers. But it's, you know, what can I tell you? Ladies, I want you to quickly raise your hand, raise your finger into, we're going to, on the count of three, we're going to say no, no, no. I'm going to give you, come on, Holly, put your finger up. Pearl, put your finger up on the count of three. People say the future is already here. And our answer is one, two, three. No, no. no. Come on, you can do it louder. No, 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 no. 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 That's it. And the answer is, the reason is that that was yesterday's future. It's gone. 
When I said the word gone, that was in the future 10 seconds ago. It's gone. We're all going to do our best to code and think and grow and create and innovate and design a better future for everyone. Wave goodbye and don't go away. Bye, LinkedIn. Bye, Facebook. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.